0: Thank you for listening to another episode of The Gold Cast. Don't forget that we're on facebook.com slash The Gold We're on Twitter at TheGoldCast underscore. Make sure to share, like, and subscribe. Tell your friends if you like The Gold Cast. Tell your friends. If you're a San Francisco native, you better be on this bitch, and you better be following us, and you better let us follow you back. Straight up. I just had to get a little, a little bay on you. Real talk. Next up. Don't forget, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, be, be sure to share, like, and subscribe. Guys, share, like, and subscribe. Everyone you guys, everyone that follows us will follow you guys back. Awesome. Today's episode of the Gold Cast is also sponsored by ChapStick. Are your lips chapped? Is the weather screwing everything up, drying your face out, drying your lips out? Then chap them up, baby. All right. Here we go. Uh, Dan the Man is back. MMA Tuesday on a Wednesday. Let's do this. San Francisco, are you, ready? are you ready? This is the Gold
1: Cast.
0: Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. This is the MMA edition. I'm your host, Rudy Suisse III, and with me is my MMA co-host, Dan the Man. Welcome back, bud.
1: Hey guys, how
0: you doing? All right, so let's get into it. Uh, Bellador 170, not without some controversy. This was Shell Sonnen versus Tito Ortiz in uh, the co-main event. And, Dan, I'm going to I'm gonna tip this off to you. Let's start first with the fight. Had a bit of a controversial ending and a controversial fallout. Shell Sonnen talking a gang of trash. Just a gang of trash about Tito Ortiz. I mean, that, you know, doing the MMA heel thing. Let's get into that All right. first.
1: Making him real mad, talking about his family, talking about his ex-girlfriends doing the MMA heel thing that he's known so well for. Um, Coming into the fight looking very out of shape, unfortunately. He normally fights at 185, I believe. That's where he fought most of his career. Um, And this was a lightweight contest at 205. Tito Ortiz looking great. Best shape he's looked in forever. Um, The uh, fight was quick. So as it started... um, Sonnen took a dominant position. I think he had a guillotine and then transitioned to a front headlock, like a Darce choke, and then lost position to Ortiz, who reversed, took his back, and kind of like a a side back mount, and then um, submitted him with a rear naked choke slash neck crank.
0: Boom. That was it. I mean, it almost took longer than the fight itself, didn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, me explaining it, definitely. Um, controversy around the finish. Um, a lot of people don't think, didn't think that um, Sonnen was in a, a real dangerous position, dangerous enough to tap. They thought that it was maybe fixed, or that um, Sonnen didn't want to be there, and he tapped early um, to get himself out of there. Uh, and also, uh, Ortiz held, held position, held the choke. Or crank, or whatever you want to call it, after um, the tap for a few seconds too long. What
0: do you think about that? Was it was it too long?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I think it wasn't like it wasn't insanely long. It's not like they were needed to pull him off of him, but uh, but I think uh, I think it was longer than it should have been. I do I I, I question people saying that that is not a position um, that you can you can get a finish from. I, I think Josh Barnett um, uses, that, uses that style of neck crank to submit guys. It's more of a catch wrestling move than it is a jiu-jitsu move. You see it a lot in catch wrestling. Um, he actually, Barnett finished, um, uh, what's his name, Dean Lister with that in a grappling contest not too long ago, Um, and Dean Lister is, you know, one of the highest level um, Jiu-Jitsu competitors out there, so, I mean, it's possible that you can finish somebody from that position. I don't really know what the big deal is. It tends to be with all Bellator events that are this kind of high-profile old guard UFC guys everybody talks about them being fixed when they did the hoist gracie shamrock thing it was fixed when they did the shamrock kimbo slice thing it was fixed this is like immediately after all of these fights um they hit the twitter pages with oh it's rigged you know this is this is bs
0: you know after reading some of the articles afterwards that um in the interviews with Sonnen, it did seem like Sonnen was you know, he said a couple of deer in the headlight moments during this fight, and I just feel like maybe you know three years away from the octagon is a really long time, especially at his advanced age. I don't think it's the smartest decision to stay that to stay away that long. I mean, they put in an older veteran fighter in Tito Ortiz. You know, they didn't put him with some young bucks that's trying to you know make a run for the title, which was good, but it. It seemed to me that you know if if he had some deer in the headlight moments, maybe it wasn't. It's not necessarily a fixed fight, but maybe he got himself in a really tight position. He got there really, really fast, and maybe his logic gets the better of him. and He goes, maybe right now this is the best thing to do is to just tap out and let's just call it. And you know he's got me. All right, fair game. I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back in three to four months for another fight, and you know I'll, I'll go you know, fight at my normal weight, and you know we'll, we'll just. We'll let this uh this uh big publicity stunt just go,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a terrible critique of that I mean it's potential that's potentially what happened I think um I think it's frustrating for um fans of the sport who have been fans for a while who know Chow Sonnen's career a little bit um because he is a real deft um grappler and that's kind of where he excels and so for for people to see him lose this way they just expect more from him you know um and I don't I don't think that's a wrong critique uh but uh yeah I mean I think you know being off the sport for as long as he was off the sport coming in as the smaller fighter because Ortiz has always made a career at 205 and he's Sonnen has always fought at 185. I think that's another thing. I think being a smaller fighter and being the less in shape fighter, um, I think yeah. I think there was a lot of things that maybe uh, weren't going in in Charles Charles' favor for this fight.
0: Yeah, I, I you know it. God, that that ring rust is a real thing. And how how old is Sauna now? He's up there.
1: He's 39.
0: 39 and to be away from the octagon for 3 years and then to come in out of shape and above your normal weight class. I think sometimes audiences don't realize just what a big difference it is when you cut weight. Like when you gain that much weight, you're slower and you have to deal with the, that the size, the, the new the a new amount of weight on you when you're lighter, you're faster, but also your power is diminished. It just I don't think people realize how much of a what kind of drastic a change it can cause, and especially if you've been out for that long. I don't know. It's just that's That's a, that's just a, that's a, that's a tall order and not that Tito Ortiz is in any way, you know, I mean, I think he's well, well past his prime, but definitely it's still, that's not a, it's still a tall order.
1: Yeah. It weighs heavily on your conditioning either way. I mean, even if you're, even if you're a fighter that's, um, in shape or, you know, consistently training like Tim Kennedy, just talked about this on, uh, on the MMA hour, he was talking about his retirement and, um. He was just saying about his last fight, he essentially, because he had fights on the books that got scrapped, he was essentially in camp for four months, and he went down to 185, because that was the first fight he was going to fight at, and then that fight got scrapped. So then he went up to 205, that fight got scrapped. Then he went back down to 185, scrapped again, and back up to 205. All in the course of four months.
0: I don't even know how you can... you. You have to be. You have. You can't do that naturally. That is really intense.
1: <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. And he was like, "Yeah, man. I. I. I could maybe have done that when I was twenty four. I definitely can't do that. Thirty seven. You know, my body's just. My body just doesn't respond. No,
0: it doesn't. It's. It's way harder to lose weight. It's way harder to gain. It's way. It just. It. Weight fluctuation. Yeah. It. It's definitely harder.
1: It. it agreed. One hundred percent. Tito Ortiz uh, essentially is retired now. I mean, that is that is the word on the street. He was very adamant about this being his last fight. Chow is moving on in Bellator. He's got a six-fight deal that they signed, so he's got five fights left. He's going to probably um, look to fight Vanderlei Silva next and continue their feud. Um, other interesting things on that card, Paul Daly versus Brendan Ward. Daly and Ward fought at 170. Uh, the weight not the event. Um, well, they fought it both, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, Daly wins the fight first round with a spinning <coughs> excuse me spinning back elbow and then flying knee um, knocks Ward out, and then does something that really is unheard of in um, Bellator um, makes a legitimate call out for a legitimate contender. Um, and inspires people to watch the next Bellator event. Uh, it's been an issue for them. They've been have a, have a really hard time uh, building momentum for upcoming events. Um, and I think Paul Daly did a good job by calling out Rory McDonald, who is a recent acquisition from the UFC. You
0: know, that's you know something that you're right in that. Like we remember when you look at several of these of these past UFC cards, we've often seen where you have the uh, you have two fighters. Fighting for one belt, and then you have right below them the number one contenders fighting, so that those two guys can then meet in a match somewhere three months from now. And UFC is really good at that, at having the undercards complement the uh, complement the the main events, or having the current undercard complement the last main event. And you know, so you have you have connected connective tissue between their their fights. Another thing that I think then. So I think that's good that Bellador did that. But one thing I feel like Bellador is doing right now, it reminds me of the old UFC format where in, in the olden days of UFC, they would often talk about how all of the main events were littered with old pride fighters, all the pride guys. And now right. I feel like that's Bellador is trying to do a similar concept here because they're now taking a lot of the old UFC guys and throwing them in the main events and the undercards filled with more of their young talent.
1: Yeah, exactly, right. I think that's true. I think that Bellator is building a uh, legitimate young stable of fighters, but they are doing it on the backs of these these old UFC fighters getting the views that they need to. I mean, everyone everyone tuned in to watch Tito Ortiz Charles Sonnen, but really the the uh the takeaway was Paul Daly. And so I think that's that's uh that's a success for them. Definitely going forward.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's a model that works really well for the UFC. I think another thing that Bellator is doing very successfully is they're offering a lot of their fights on television and that's really good.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. Um, the unfortunate part about that card, one of the less fortunate fights was the, um, Hisaki Kato Hallett Gracie fight. Um, not much to say about this fight other than that it was extremely disappointing. Halle Gracie is coming off a seven-year absence, um, but had a 2-0 and o MMA record. Halle Gracie is the founder of the Metamoris grappling competition, a uh, world-famous jiu-jitsu competition that he sponsors and um, kind of runs as a, as a project. Um, Hisaki Kato is... Uh, kind of came out of nowhere this last year by knocking out Joe Schilling, um one of America's kind of finest kickboxers. Um he knocked him out in Bellator in his debut and then um Schilling wanted to fight him in kickboxing rules and then Kato knocked him out in kickboxing rules. Um kind of a uh, you gotta love fight sports for, for that reason, you know? Yeah. Um, you beat me here, okay, try beating me here. Okay, you beat me there, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah. um, but the Halleck-Gracie fight was very strange. Um, the first two rounds, they pretty much didn't hit each other and um, barely tried to hit each other and kind of just moved around the ring, got booed a lot, got admonished by the ref, um, and Kato. In the very few exchanges that they had in those two rounds, Kato definitely had the upper hand. He's a better striker. Uh, third round, Gracie comes out and does what Gracie's do, takes him down to the floor, controls him, um, takes dominant position, gets him out, and starts working for a submission, and definitely wins the third round, but it was baffling up until that point what the uh, game plan was and why um, Kato didn't close and and sit in the pocket and try and trade with him, or, and or why Halleck didn't try and take him down. It was a very confusing fight, very boring fight. is unfortunate. unfortunate. Um, hopefully we don't have to suffer through many more of those on Bellator cards. I don't think that's good for their brand, but I think those were, those three fights are definitely the highlight, um, highlights of that card. And um, yeah, it was good. I think all, all in all it was a good event for Bellator. They got a lot of views. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, we have some momentum going forward. Their next big promotion, I think, is going to be King Moe versus Rampage Jackson. Jackson. Um, Rampage. I, 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 I imagine. Yes, Rampage. Um, they did a little promo during 170, and Rampage looked real fat. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully uh, that's not the case when they fight. But, you know, he's getting up there, too. He's getting up
0: there for sure. You know, he was considered, wasn't he considered an old pride guy when he was in UFC?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, (laughs) He was famous in pride for uh, slamming uh, Ricardo Arona and knocking him out cold. Um, Pretty much ended Arona's career. He was, Arona was never the same after that.
0: Oh, those Uh, old
1: pride fights. Oh, those were the best. The best, fam. I I miss the soccer kicks. Man and the head stomps,
0: yeah, the head stomps, oh my God, the head stomps, Wow, I forgot all about the head stomps. That was brutal, man, remember uh fedor in his in his prime That was just
1: that was amazing he he, he was amazing, man. It's uh, uh hopefully we'll get to a point in technology where we can just genetically engineer those guys again and have them all fight.
0: let me ask you a question how do you feel about bellador where it stands like do you think that do you think that they're i mean i know they're still they're still relatively small especially compared to the ufc and in terms of how much press the ufc gets how big the press is but do you think that they they are legitimately kind of making a run towards being somewhat of a stronger rival in the next year or two
1: yeah, I do. Like I said, I think they have a very—they're building a really strong, stable younger fighters, and um, and that's where, like you said, they're essentially using the old UFC model where you take stars to draw attention to up and comers. Yeah, it's a model. It's a model that UFC is still using. I mean, if you if we think about the Yair, um, BJ Penn fight, I mean, essentially, you put Penn on that card and you get people to watch you know
0: well you know at that point yeah it's almost it's almost it it actually is the identical model that bellator was using on the tv format okay so we'll put our older more washed up stars on the on the fight night cards to to get eyeballs here and then we'll put our big mainstay guys on the on the pay-per-view card
1: exactly right yeah yeah so in, in that respect i think um i think bellator is following a successful model i think they do have young fighters that are exciting. I mean not for I mean the daily Brendan Ward fight was awesome. The opening fight on um on TV, I think they had undercards prior to that, but it was Derek Anderson versus Derek Campos and that was just like a slugfest, man. They were just knocking the piss out of each other. Maybe not as technical, but not terribly untech. I mean, they're skilled fighters, you know. So I think things like Things like of that nature, building these cards around maybe these kind of older stars, these kind of tentpole um, attractions, as they call them, to showcase this, this younger talent, I think is the right choice. And it takes a while to build a brand, you know, especially in this this kind of fight game.
0: Well, especially UFC is, you know, they are the NFL of of fighting. You know, they are the dominant. I mean, they're 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 bigger than boxing. And they're, they're bigger than any other MMA card out there. They are the kings, you know. So it, uh, it's definitely a tall order. And regardless, regardless of how much, you know, criticism has been lobbied at, at Dana White or the crew, which it's going to happen, in, that happens in every single sport with every single commissioner or president type that runs it, they've done a really great job. And, I mean, they they've, they've brought that up from nothing. I remember I knew a guy in Lodi, California – had been approached by the original, original UFC guys way back in the mid '90s to invest in it. And this is when they were still fighting in like gyms, and my I, this I don't remember I, I I the name of the person who it is I wouldn't even say anyways because we're on a podcast, but it was a friend of a friend of a friend that I knew, and he was regretting it. This was now like 2002. And he was telling me how much to this day he still regrets not... he At that time, he had regretted not investing in the UFC. And this was like in 2002. I mean, look at what it is now.
1: Yeah, right. He blew it. <laughs> he did blow it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I mean, but who knows? I mean, the original the original UFC as an investment was a terrible idea. It went, you know, how long, how much money did the uh, Fertitas dump into the... Yeah, it was a money pit forever, so... You know.
0: All right, so let's move over. Speaking of UFC, Dan, let's talk a little bit about the UFC. We've got another fight night coming up. Break it down, buddy.
1: All right, so UFC Fight Night Denver. Interesting card. Um, It is got. I don't know how they break up. Actually, Fox main. I'm sorry. I don't know how they break up these fight nights exactly, because they have four fights on their main card, and I don't know if they consider those all co-mains, because they all could be. Uh, Shevchenko-Pena is the big one at 135. It's essentially a number one contender match um, to see who will face the belt holder, who is now Amanda Nunes, of course. Um, But... Amanda Nunes has said that she wants to fight the winner of the 145 the inaugural inaugural 145 match. Oh my god, so now she wants to go for two belts and two weight divisions. That's right, man. That's what's in right now. Man, Conor has
0: has uh, just elevated the UFC game and then ruined it at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's fucked it all up. Shevchenko versus Peña. Shevchenko's coming off a win over Holly Holm, so it'd be interesting if um if they ended up fighting again at some point. Uh, And and Juliana Pena is coming off a win over Kat Zingano. What's interesting about that is Kat Zingano, I I believe, was the last person that Amanda Nunes lost to. Ooh. Um, Right, the plot thickens. So... Um, an interesting fight. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko, amazing striker, world-class kickboxer, world-champion kickboxer many times over. Um, Juliana Pena, kind of a scrappy MMA, um, very, like, I would say more traditional MMA fighter. She's probably, she's good in lots of areas, stand-up, ground, uh, but she's definitely going to be probably looking for a like, ground-and-pound or a submission finish in this fight.
0: Yeah, that should be a pretty good fight. Man, let's hold on. Let's go back to this Amanda Nunes wanting to fight at a different weight class. I mean, is anyone going to defend their titles anymore? Or are we just going is to – is now the goal is to win a title, jump in weight, win a title, jump in weight? Is this where we're going to go?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, with her, I think I can accept it a little bit easier. I mean, if we look at this fight – If we look at what she has on her horizon, let's say Shevchenko is the number one contender. Um, Before Shevchenko fought and beat Holly Holm, which was her last fight, she fought Amanda Nunes and lost a decision. Uh, And it was a close decision, kind of. I think it was a back-and-forth fight. I remember watching it, but I I don't remember too much about it. So that's the possible rematch. If she beats Juliana Pena, um, you have that Nunes... Um, Shrevechenko rematch which to me kind of just seems I mean I don't know they're both advanced in their careers I feel like they both kind of turned a corner but it's not as exciting I, you know who doesn't want to see Holly Holm versus Amanda Nunes you know I mean I, I want to see it
0: that's true I mean they're both strikers and finally you have now you have complementing styles versus opposing styles and so you have the opportunity for uh, something that I think could go the distance because the styles aren't so contrasting
1: yeah, and I think also, man, I you know, down the line, of course, because she just got popped, but Nunez versus Cyborg, man, that's a fight at 145.
0: Doesn't everyone want to see that fight? Even I want to see that fight. I was already thinking about that fight from the moment she won the belt. Yeah, that's the one, man. I want to see that fight. Because I don't really want to see Ronda Rousey versus Cyborg, so I feel like Ronda, Cyborg will knock Ronda Rousey's head off unless she gets a new camp and really, really changes some drastic things in her game
1: i mean i don't think rousey competes at 145 ever if she has any sense i think that uh she was outgunned at 135 fighting fighting nunez i mean she looked smaller and not the stronger fighters i don't see cyborg dropping down to 135 i mean that's obviously been the issue so far uh elsewhere on that card that card's this card is interesting though the denver card uh you have uh Cowboy Cerrone fighting George Masvidal in the co-main. That's going to be a fucking barn burner. That's a good-looking fight.
0: Now, why so? Break it down.
1: Um, Cerrone is fighting now again at 170. He's been knocking everybody out at 170, finishing everybody. He's coming off of a a win over uh, the immortal Matt Brown. He knocked out with a head kick. Um, Cerrone's on fire right now, 170. And he moved up from 155. George Masvidal, super tough guy. Uh, Doesn't get as much of a push as he probably should uh, by the UFC for whatever reason. Um, He is ranked 12 in the world, uh, but he's had some really great fights. He showed a lot of... um, just a lot of durability good skill set good striker good on the ground um yeah just gonna this is gonna be a real real technical greedy fight that's awesome i don't see it ending quick
0: what's when's when's the date when's the date for uc fight night denver what date what do
1: we got we're talking this saturday buddy oh there
0: it is awesome well definitely set your DVRs. Because we'll be talking about it next week. We'll be talking about the results of those fights. Ooh, you got me You got me eyeing these these possible Nunez fights. Now I'm all pumped about these Nunez fights.
1: Oh, wait, one more fight on that card. Uh, Arlovsky and Ganu. Don't sleep on that fight. Don't sleep on that fight at all. Now t- uh, tell us why. You guys already know Andrei Arlovsky. Well, I, I encourage anyone who has a computer or a phone with uh, internet access, to go on the UFC uh, website and look at Francis Ngannou's picture. <laughs> he looks like a, a fucking comic book character. He's called, his fight name is The Predator. He is a monster. Monster. I think I just watched him finish some huge heavyweight uh, with a standing kimura. I mean, he's just so strong. He's one of probably he's probably the strongest guy in the UFC right now, and he's fighting Andrei Arlovski, who's obviously older. He's coming off a loss. Um, just fought Josh Barnett. Uh, was finished by Josh Barnett, but a uh, tough guy will definitely you know stand and bang with Engano, which is probably the worst case scenario for both of them. But it'll be fun for us to watch.
0: It, right. God, you're right though uh, Nunganu is humongous I
1: mean, he's a, he' is a nightmare
0: yeah I they I don't I don't know what what he's doing but it's it's working
1: <laughs> can you imagine uh, I couldn't imagine, I, I into a couldn't guy imagine like I couldn't imagine that like being in the like being in the I'm thinking like public pool you're going to rinse off in the shower and that guy's standing next to you
0: I would feel like I'm probably the size of his calf his entire calf is is my whole body
1: Oh yeah, man! You—that's one. One of his. One of his legs is you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 pretty small. This guy's pretty yeah. big. All right, nice. Well, that we'll, guy's pretty big. We'll, we'll definitely be back for that. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook.com/slash/the Gold Cast. We're on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can find us on uh, Twitter. At the Goldcast underscore, unfortunately, we still have that underscore. You can find me at Rudy Solis Third, Rudy Solis Three R D. You can find Dan the Man only here. Nowhere,
1: no, nope. nowhere, nowhere. Dan, where can they find you? You can find me here, but you can't find me anywhere else.
0: There it is. That's it. Boom. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. This is MMA Tuesday. What'll be released on a Wednesday. We'll see you guys next time. Same Gold Cast time, same gold cast channel.
1: This is, this is the
0: Goldcast.